0: TV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 23. I'm Christina Suzuma, and I welcome you again and again to our show. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore this wonderful, fascinating world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and all these different modalities of helping us find balance in our individual journeys. We are so excited to always meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today we are going on a journey with a soul healing practitioner and founder of Dance of Liberation, her name, Parashakti. She's descended from a long line of spiritual healers, moved from her native Jerusalem in Israel. to the United States to pursue her lifelong exploration of healing art of dance and ritual. Parashakti is a certified yoga instructor and had the honor of receiving teachings from Swami Sachidananda, who is the founder of Integral Yoga. After her yoga teacher training, she received the name Parashakti. Soon her yoga lifestyle led to her study with shaman Wilbert Alex where she received the roots to create her work. She has been co-facilitating One World Spirit Dance at the Tree of Life in Arizona, founded by Dr. Gabriel Cousins, her teacher and mentor. She has worked with over 10,000 dancers from around the world and has led workshops and retreats at some of the world's leading holistic centers, including the Tree of Life in Arizona, Eslin Institute in California, Juvamukti Yoga School and the Omega Institute in New York, Alexis Zorba's Retreat Center in Greece, and the Zorba Festival in Israel. It gives us great honor to welcome Parashakti. Hey. Hello, Parashakti! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's... So so wonderful to have you on our show here at YHTV. Thank you. Thank you for gifting us. Thank you. Thank you. Great to continue the dance with you. Yes. Well, you know, you're it's 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 so amazing to be able to catch you in the middle of all your travels.
1: <laughs> yes, that is a good way to say it, to catch me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But, you know, you're this oh. goddess that just dances everywhere and are all around us. You, you just share all this energy and and it's like, okay, let's just, you know, it's like catching Tinkerbell for a moment. <laughs> just a moment. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's a it's an honor to ground and root from being caught. So yeah. <laughs>
0: thank
1: you. No, <laughs> oh, yes, we're so selfish
0: here. No. <laughs> uh, so, Padashtaki, it would be. I mean, it, it, people think about dance. It's like it's like uh, yoga. When people hear of Yoga Hub, what do they think of? They think of yoga. They always say to me, "Where's your yoga studio? Uh, where is?" You know, um, where do you teach yoga? And meanwhile, I'm going, well, I'm not a certified yoga teacher, we don't have a studio. you know it's it's this huge concept that um I, I would say more the Western world has around yoga. you know, and yoga is about balance in life and balance in, in in well-being, and so many forms of it, from meditation to breathing and to all the different modalities, you know, all brought together. And here we have the word dance of liberation and then of course I'm sure you've run into a lot of people go, dance well I'm not into dance not dance I'm not you know you know all these reasons and uh, or or uh, preconceived notions of what this might be you know dance of liberation oh it's such a girly thing you know <laughs> you know oh yeah okay so so Can you uh, begin by giving us a little bit or a lot about your background? Because I always believe, you know, our backgrounds really bring us, our journeys really bring us to where we are, are at today in the world. Can you share with us, like, your childhood and what brought you to where you are now?
1: Absolutely. So because the theme is dance, I started dancing when I was four years old. And from that age... I, through the practice of of dance and movement, I cultivated the the knowing, the knowing that my body is the way that I'm going to be expressing myself in the world. So from a very young age, I already knew my mission. And I believe that, you know, once you have a mission, once you have a, a calling and you follow that, then the pathway opens up for you. And so there's been since the age of four a direct, um, gift that I've been able to, to develop. And, you know, it started off with me performing. And of course, I went, went down that route of performance. And then through my, my physical injuries through dance, that's mm-hmm. when I actually started exploring the healing art of dance because suddenly my expression, my mission, uh, my determination um, was all taken away from me. And I was injured. I was dismantled. I was taken apart. And of course, the doctors also said, oh, you're not going to be able to dance. And I was in casts and, you know, the, the, wow. what, what they say. And, and so I went on a, on a what I would call a, a dark night of the soul. And started exploring the pain, not only the physical pain, but the emotional pain that came from from these injuries. And so, the injuries is what really brought me into creating Dance of Liberation. And along the way, I've had such masterful teachers and elders that held the the, the dance floor for me to explore the deepest parts of myself. And through exploring the deepest parts of myself, I created Dance of Liberation. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, beautiful. Um may I ask what uh, uh your injuries were so that other dancers out there who are in this what did you call it this dark yes.
1: dark, dark Night of the Soul. Dark Night of the
0: Soul. I, that's so beautiful. <laughs> um you know because as we know I I'm immersed being in Los Angeles around many many dancers and you know some have had injuries and you know, some have even come down with MS, uh, things like that, or, you know, just gotten to the point in their lives at, at an age where, you know, it does begin to hurt the body. And as you say, they feel dismantled, they feel shattered. Um, would you be be open to share with us what had happened to Absolutely.
1: you? Absolutely. So all of my injuries, I'll start with um, this sharing, they all happened before performance. So that in itself was already um, a sign, as we call the signs and symbols of our life. And so my first injury was a dislocation in my knee. I did a kick in the air and dislocated my knee and fell flat to the floor. And that was three days before performance that I had a solo. In, and this was in Israel. Wow. And, um, and then my second and third and fourth injuries were I broke the fifth mortar torso bone, which is the pinky bone um, on my foot. On both legs, and also oh. before performances, rehearsing, 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 rehearsing. So, um, what I what I went on my spiritual, as I like to call it, investigation is, you know, why during rehearsals, why is it that it was before performance, and what is mm-hmm. um, what is my body trying to tell me? What is the universe trying to tell me? What is God trying to tell me <laughs> with these injuries?
0: And always right before so,
1: performance. Yes. Yes. And what form um, of I, dance did have, I did doing? have, I did have an injury that was actually, um, during a performance mm-hmm. where I broke again, the fifth mortar torso bone. So my, my body was speaking to me and it was a much bigger, bigger picture of, um, again, preparing me to, to go and explore and create this healing modality that mm-hmm. is dance of liberation. Oh my
0: goodness. And, and what, uh, form of dance were you doing at the time?
1: Well, um, as I shared earlier with you, when we were preparing, um, I did start with to be classically trained and very, very quickly, um, I would say at the age, I started at four and at the age of about eight or nine, I was, um, I told my mom, I don't want to go back to my Russian ballet teacher. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the, it was so strict mm-hmm. and um, the, just being told what to do from a very young age was kind of an issue for me. I always needed to. able to express myself. And there's a great story that my mom always tells is that when I was um, rehearsing for for one of my my ballet uh, recitals when I was very young, I think it was at the age of six, that um, I I, I rehearsed and the the teacher would always complain to my mom that I was doing my own thing. And then in (laughs) the performance itself, I went ahead and did my own thing. (laughs) She said
0: it anyways, right?
1: (laughs) So um, I always love telling that story because that is the story of my life. And that's really how um, I've created what I do today is because what I teach people through the dance of liberation is to find their own authentic movement. So it's not about copying anyone else. And therefore, we use the ancient practice of the blindfold, which is a, a shamanic practice is is going into the darkness and really dancing and finding your own authentic first and foremost voice and then expressing it through your body.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All those blindfolds, I tell you, where you can't judge anything. <laughs> exactly. Um so through through the years, um uh what what made you decide to begin with yoga? because that was one of your certifications that that is in your biography is that you have yoga training and for a good two years
1: right so um my my last injury was um when i was actually um on my way or in my way um to getting my aa degree um, as a dance major. And I came from the States when I was 22 after the army, I did the army in Israel and I came to the States and I went to Santa Monica college to get my A degree. I was a dance major. And then I had again, an injury before performance. And I, um, in that time, I really needed to, to get support because this was again, uh, many injuries out of many injuries. And I knew that something is wrong. Something is not uh, right. So my, my dance director, Linda Gold from Santa Monica college said, you know, you should, once I healed, she said, you should come to this um, yoga class that we're having at the Santa Monica college. It's a, it's a mastery class for the dancers. And I went and it was Rod Stryker and it was my first yoga class. And that's what really um, took me into the, the depth of, as you call it, finding your inner, inner balance and finding the balance between the masculine and the feminine. And it was so much more practice, um, than, than just yoga. It was, I was, I was just finding everything through the practice. Mm -hmm. And so I decided and I, and I go, when I dedicate myself, I dedicate myself. So I said, okay, I need now to, to do yoga teacher training. And so I ended up in, believe it or not, an ashram in New York City, Integral Yoga, that was then run by Swami Satchitananda, who's no longer with us. And I, I lived in the ashram and studied there. And that's, that's where I would lock myself up in yoga studios and really explore movement as a therapy. Mm. And you... The, the modality also of yoga, but from yoga using the asana practice to go into more of a dance practice, and again, that's where the laboratory began of two years of blindfolding myself and dancing in the seclusion of darkness and really finding a new truth of my calling mm.
0: Mm. now, now, was that something that he had encouraged you to do um Swami Sachidananda, yes. Like Not, to, to actually lock yourself up or, or bring yourself aside and blindfold yourself or well, that, how did that come about?
1: He uh, physically was living at the ashram in Yogaville at, in Virginia, which I visited and spent time at actually for three months. Um, no, the, the practice itself was, was my, own, my own exploration. You know, mm-hmm. it was through his teachings that inspired me to really find my, my authentic self. And through my authentic, only through dance. So, yes. So it was an inspiration living in the ashram. And, and Swami Sachidananda's teachings um, are exquisite. They're, they're a philosophy. They're a way of life. They're a map. And it allowed me to then create my own map.
0: Mm, mm, wonderful. What, what a great experience and journey to just immerse yourself for two years.
1: Yes, it was. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience and gift.
0: Mm, wonderful. And uh, uh, so, at that time, did you know, or did you have the vision at that time that this would actually blossom into what it is today?
1: You know, um, I feel like my soul knew, and it was my soul that was guiding me. Mm-hmm. You no, know, then um, anything. I didn't know. I just, I just listened within. I, I cultivated tools of listening within um, with the support of then my Native American elders. I you know, went to ceremonies and started seeing how ritual dance is, is, is the formula in which I want to dedicate my life to. And so just creating these different tools and modalities and, and dancing with them then created the, um, the sanctified expression of my work.
0: So how, hmm, so how did you come to practice with the Native American arts? Yes. <laughs> we jump now from the Eastern arts, right, the East Indian arts, into the Native American arts. Um, how was that influenced?
1: So I was experiencing shapeshifting when I was. Oh. I, my body would shapeshift into animals, shapeshift into um, spirit guides. And if anyone from the outside world would hear what I'm experiencing, probably would say, like, she's a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> to, to express what I'm experiencing. And, of course, the community, the sangha that I was living with, um directed me and I I was invited to after expressing what I was experiencing I was invited to an actual Native American ceremony a dance mm. called Raya and it was and is um till today is um guided led by a chief called Clyde Hall and he's Shoshone Indian and I went and when I went for the first dance and there was preparation for 3 months of prep- uh, preparing um, I was gate kept by an elder, and when I arrived, I was home. And I became part of the Dream Council of Elders and supported um, as a Dream Council member and participated in these ceremonies for, for about 13 years. Wow. And so it's from them that I... Created what I call what I call the medicine wheel of dance of liberation. So dance liberation is based on seven foundations, and it, it, the seven foundations have been inspired by the seven directions, the wheel, the medicine wheel. And so I created mm-hmm. something that is authentic to me. That now I facilitate and train other teachers to to lead and teach. And it's been inspired by my Native American elders and by Wilbert Alex, who I trained and uh, apprenticed for three years.
0: Mm-hmm. And was that here in uh, California or was that
1: still back east? With Wilbert Alex, it's actually in Hawaii. So he does his trainings there.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Well, we have to meet up with him (laughs) as well. Um, uh, so, So the basis of Dance of Liberation is the yoga, the shamanic healing arts, uh, the Native American healing arts all brought together.
1: Yes, it's it's a modern modern day vision quest. That's isn't that interesting? Because in my mind, it was
0: like, what did they call that when people go on these journeys? <laughs> yes. um, so, can you tell us a, a little bit more about uh, now the dance of liberation and um, what? you actually do in it? Because again, you know, we we want people to understand that it's not about dance like ballet or jazz, what people know as dance. Um, Can you elaborate on that and articulate it to our audience?
1: As I said, um, we have a map and we create that map by going and creating sacred space. That's the first foundation of Dance of Liberation. The second foundation is power of intention. So it's really important to be clear and to solidify what it is you're dancing for in that moment, what it is that you're releasing, what it is that you are wanting to receive. And within that, you're creating a foundation that you're entering into the dance with. And then the, the third foundation is, is the breath. And of course, we know that, um, without breath, we, we can't live. And with this very specific breath, shaman's breath, it's really a doorway into the trance mm. to, to let go and really surrender. And then the fourth foundation, which I have right here, because I build an altar anywhere I go and my altar is built here is, as you can see, the blindfold. And I'll just take a moment and I'll and I'll put it on so that the viewers can see. Because really what this is about is when the blindfold goes on, that's when we really go on our own personal vision quest, where we can let go of the outside world and where we can you said so well, let go of judgment. And mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're creating a a, a portal, we're creating a space in order to disconnect from the outside world and go within. And so this is what I've been doing for 30 years is really blindfolding (laughs) myself, really be able to then facilitate the work for others and and be, be impeccable with the journey that I have taken for myself and teach others in the way that I was taught when this blindfold went on. So I will take this off now because I... Would like the to continue to see you, the viewers. <laughs> it's so good to to just um, put that blindfold on because I, I do I I've experienced just an immense amount of truth that comes when my eyes are closed or again when the blindfold is on. So that's the fourth foundation is the blindfold. And then the fifth foundation is the music. And, um, for, for many, many years, I, I had a, a resident DJ by the name of Fabian Al Sultani, who actually I was married to and now is my best friend. We're, we've divorced and he, he DJed for me all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I DJ myself now. I also have live drumming, which is, um, exquisite. And with the music, again, the music is a way for the body to begin to, to listen in a, in a deeper way. And so we use traditional trance music and we also use, you know, global world music um, for, for the journey. Um, so we're up to the sixth foundation, the dance. So the dance is uh, either 45 to an hour to 10 hours. I've had people dancing wow. for on hours. Re- with me. Um, so it really depends how long the extended workshop is. And and that it speaks for itself. And then the seventh foundation is returning home. And that's when the dancer comes back from their experience. And we actually have a sharing circle and the dancer can share what they experienced. That's really important. It's like we say, how do we take yoga off the mat? How do we take the dance off the dance floor and really live what the dancer experienced. Mm-hmm. That, that's in a nutshell, the the seven foundations and the experience of the dance. And then so much happens once the dancer is dancing.
0: My goodness. Um, I have to tell our viewers, well, I, I sort of experienced uh, a little bit of this during the Tadasana Festival here in Los Angeles a few months ago, where Parashakti had this huge, enormous tent filled with, at least 100 or more, what, 100, 120 people, I would think, in that room. And it was, uh, uh, because I was, of course, filming at the same time, so I could experience little pieces of it here and there. But you could really feel that energy in that room just keep building upon itself and building and growing and growing. And it was such a beautiful energy Like people would come in, it would, I don't remember, it was like middle of the morning. Some were tired from another yoga experience. They were fatigued. And some people, you know, just bring in whatever energy they bring in. And with the moment those blindfolds went on, that was so amazing to see everything begin to shift because I do believe because the judgment was taken away. And it's such a different sensation to have, to not be able to see anything. Right? It's a sense of trust in oneself. But that whole, um, the, the energy of the tent started to just explode. I mean, it was like it was coming out beyond the walls of the tent. And these are tents with high, high ceilings. And it was just magnificent to see, you know, it's almost like, like rainbow colors just emerging out of that tent. It was fascinating and it was so fascinating that my whole body resonated with it to the point where when I was interviewing Parashakti and Himalaya who who they were both working together um, I was still in tears (laughs) so that was just you know just a little experience that I had and Parashakti do you recall was it like an hour and a half that you spent with everyone that day? It was a two-hour class. Was it a two-hour class? believe so now do you feel that it makes a difference how large the group is do you do individual uh uh, sessions do you always do the group sessions Um,
1: right i have i have different programs and i have um, my soul healing program that combines dance of liberation and that's one-on-one that's the really the movement therapy that i work with my clients with and and then i have Groups up to five hundred, a thousand people, um, where I facilitate dance of liberation. So this can be done uh, individually. It can be done once you you really um, actually because I have a, a book coming out, and the book itself has instructions on how to create dance of liberation in your own home, because it's it, it it is an inner practice. And, and also it's the most amazing thing to do. Um, and I, I dare to say this, but in a club because I lead holistic raves, um, in New York City. Wow. The last one we did was actually in a real deal nightclub in Brooklyn. And it's profound doing it there because you're basically, you know, bridging the gap between club culture and spirituality. And it's fascinating to see how people who perhaps need something, you know, to induce something in order to reach ecstasy, they are putting the blindfold and reaching ecstasy.
0: Mm, magnificent. Now that is, did, was that just recent that you started that?
1: Um, no, actually, the first version of the Holistic Nightclub was called Body Temple, and it was with an amazing group, what I call a dream council, that came together. Um, the, the founder is Mark Sklauer. I have to just mention him because he is a phenomenal brother and friend, and we still work together in New York City. And we had Alok, who is who is now um, left us. He lives in, in Israel, and he's doing everything there. And then we had um, Fabian Al-Sultani, my, my ex-husband. And we were all um, sitting around the fire and envisioning this this great creation that we, um, uh, we did for five years. And we started off with 75 people and then we we had 500 people a month. And it's an all-night rave, you know, and there's no bar and we serve all live vegan food. And as I said, we teach people to reach ecstasy without taking it. So uh, the, most, the most recent one um, was in collaboration with, um Aladdin Productions in New York City in in Brooklyn and um it was interesting it was an interesting thing because at midnight a whole new um a whole new community came in and they definitely came into something that was you know um blessed and and, and created before they came in so it was about us taking the vibration and raising it for them wow and- in the morning (laughs) wow i would love to see that (laughs) that's amazing create this in la so it will happen so i'll just say that first we started off with body temple and then we were you know as i said we we decided to um to part ways the visionaries of this um of the holistic grave and then i created myself the new version of it and it's called illuminate and I was facilitating it at the Open Center in New York City, and then the last recent one was at a club called SRBs in Brooklyn.
0: Oh, that's magnificent! And and uh, uh, what about children? Do you work with children?
1: You know, I work with teens, and I have the great gift of working with teens at Omega Teen Camp. So I just recently led a dance of liberation for 130 teens. Wow you the future generation as the Hopi say is what we've been waiting for because they can take these teachings and they can pass them on and, and, and experience them in ways that we um I can't say that we can't but it's something it's something else to work with teens really profound.
0: And how about younger than that? Have you experienced working with kids younger than that? Like you know below 12?
1: No, oh, and I actually would love to I, I would love to start working uh, with younger kids. So what I will say to that is that once I am fully finished with my movie and my book is published, then I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to enter into a new venture with Dance of Liberation. Because I really see Dance of Liberation being, you know, um, I mean, there's there's no age limit. There's any anyone can do it. And that's what I love about the practice. You know, there's no level to it. You know, it's not level one, level two, level three, you know, it's, it's anyone can show up, Mm. anyone can show up. And, you know, at the beginning where, you know, some people will say, oh, dance, you know, the truth of the matter is that everyone can dance and I've proven it. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, um, I've, I've worked with every single community you can, you can imagine, um, of adults and, um, I've had such resistance and fear and hesitation and, um and it's it's amazing, you know they just they surrender, they put the blindfold on and they have a they create an intention, and everyone can create an intention right, and the body starts to move, the body starts to sway and move and feel and express itself, so
0: that's wonderful that's wonderful um and the music i mean that that does the music the your choice of music does that make a difference? For you, I mean, because um, the the little portion of a rave that I have ever experienced, I mean, it was really loud and it was like the bass was going and, you know, it was like just that whole, you know, like pump up the volume kind of <laughs> feel. Um, what, I mean, what uh, uh, can, can they do it to any kind of music? Can they, uh, uh, what do you suggest?
1: That's a great question. Um, and in my in my book, I'm going to have a great compilation CD by Fabian L. Sultani, Globe Sonic, because the music is key. You know, again, as I said to you, I've I've been impeccable with this. I've been in a laboratory with it. In the first couple of years when I closed myself off and, you know, really kind of worked with different music, I will say that music, um, the music I use today is music without words. And it's because what happens with words, and I, I tried this on my own, is that um, you automatically start to create a story, yes. you know. And so I, I have done the dance liberation with words, and I've done the dance liberation without words. And I see now, you know, as a movement therapist, I can really see the dancers, uh, the difference between when there are words and when there aren't words. So I prefer mm-hmm. music without words, and if there are, you know, you know, words, they have to be words of wisdom, and you know, it, And it's, it's not like it's just like maybe having, you know. Uh, a mantra that can repeat itself. Because the other thing is that the music is really good when it's, when there's repetitive beats, because what that does again, just like with the breath work, it helps the dancer go into a repetitive movement. And what a repetitive movement does is it it gets them actually into a place where they begin to choreograph something much deeper from within Mm. When first becomes repetitive or when the breath is repetitive and so there's kind of a science to all of this, and, as I said, in this uh idea that there is science and ceremony and and the movement becomes a therapy, words are are definitely um uh, not part of the music right and so yes,
0: yeah oh that's that's magnificent well we should we should um bring you together with one of our faculty members uh shot uh who has designed different levels of music for meditation and i could remember receiving one of his cds and um it actually i even recommend it for body workers because it it resonates in each chakra of the body and so that's why i ask you know with your dance and with the movement and because it is to help people open and heal you know what would that combination be like when you're actually focused on opening up you know each of the chakras and having them really resonate to that core ooh we'd be flying <laughs> oh i'm excited already <laughs> uh, um so your individual clients so to say that you work with um you mentioned soul healing. Um, do you combine that with your Dance of
1: Liberation? Yes. The, the program of, of soul healing is, is a, the introduction is three hours. And that's in order for myself and the client to really get to know uh, each other and the work ahead. And so the first three hours is not, is not with dancing. It's really what I like to call a, a spiritual investigation. And I use um, sacred path cards that are based in Native American wisdom. And I use chanting and it's, it's spiritual counseling. And again, it's getting the, the client really in touch with, as I said, the same thing with dance liberation is, is their intention mm-hmm. and, getting clear with their intention, then we create a map. And the map is map is different for each person. So it's 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 very clear. It's not you know where you just kind of fly in these other realms and you're forever healed. It's actually a lot of work. And the client comes back from what we call a shamanic journey. Um, with with a very a very clear understanding, what are the next steps in transforming, changing, and healing their life? And it's them who are fixing themselves, which is a very important um, soul healing mission that I have. It's not about them coming to me to be fixed. I'm just creating the sacred space for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, do you feel that uh, a, a lot of people who are self conscious about being in a group setting? That they would request that you work with them individually so that, you know, because I know a lot of uh, uh, individuals that go, oh, I don't want to be moving in front of everyone else. I don't want to be, you know, and I go, well, what if you're blindfolded and you can't see? They still don't want to be in that group environment, you know, whether it's judgment of themselves, whether it be, you know, the fear of being judged, etc., do you find that those are the main individuals that come to you for that individual purpose?
1: That's that's a really good question. Um, I would say that because my, my main um, service is through Dance Liberation for big groups, and from that I get my clients mm-hmm. uh, that they have showed up to um, to Dance Liberation, which is in group. And that's when they experience themselves a really deep shift on the dance floor. And then they want to explore that shift that they experienced. They want to get more of an understanding of what they experienced. So then they come to me and they sign up for a program. I've also had people who just first came to soul healing. Um, in, In general, I would say when one is ready for this work, it calls them. And there's no turning back. There's there's an opportunity and a gift to to really go to the next level of your life when doing this type of work. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Now, with uh, the soul healing, um, is it a known process, or is that also your process?
1: I would say that it's it's our process. So I say ours because. You know, let's say you have come to me to do soul healing. It's really our process together and the modalities that I use are, you know, based in Native American wisdom and in just a map that I have created that I went through myself and my own healing journey and then see that it worked on me because I feel like that is the best school. I never went to officially uh, a school for healing you know other than my apprenticeships and that wasn't going to school so it was through my own journey and through my own exploration and my own healing that I created this and so again each person is very different and that's what excites me so much about doing this work because every single client that comes to me or a dancer is has a different a different mission a different fabric a different um desire mm-hmm. and with that and anything that comes my way and I you know I I've, I've worked with people with life-threatening disease and the disease itself comes into into the dance and they dance with that 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 essence of you know their shadow their dark side and allow, allow that part of them to to heal through this modality
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so through dance of liberation with the connection of your soul healing um, if one comes to you with, for example, uh, a diagnosis of uh, uh, something major like cancer or, or MS or Parkinson's um, and you work with them, what, what have you seen as the results or what have you unfolded for them?
1: Well, it's, it's beautiful because, um, as I said before on the dance floor with that intention that you just spoke, that you just, um, asked about, there is a language that the body has and it's different language when it's, when it's ill. And so the body starts to move in certain ways that allows the actual illness to speak, to the dancer. So, um, the, the cancer, let's say it has a voice and within the seclusion of darkness, you can actually hear that voice. And that voice is, is, is an emotional part of the person, the person's body. And when you start to hear what that, that illness is or what that illness I would say needs from the dancer, then there is a union there that happens on the dance floor where the dancer is no longer dancing with um, the, the the illness. It's dancing with, it's actually dancing in collaboration. Mm. There is a way to, to actually listen to what this illness needs. Now, conventional medicine for cancer, you know, that's one route and a, an important route and with that I would say that being able to to dance with it is is the way that actually emotionally, physically, spiritually uh, mentally, one can can really delve deeper into why perhaps they got that illness or they get very clear answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting
0: interesting. Now, um, through this process, have you seen uh, these imbalances take a turn?
1: I did. Yes, I um, had the great honor of uh, living at the Tree of Life in Arizona, in Patagonia. And Dr. Gabriel Cousins has, you know, his clients there come with life-threatening disease and he puts them on a green juice fast and he takes them through, um, you know, his philosophy and the raw, life vegan diet and the meditation and the yoga and all of it, the spiritual practices. And so um, with that, I got to to see how you know, through, um, these modalities that yes, there is a major turnaround. Now I will say that follow-up is very important. You can't just do a green juice fast and your life is healed. It's, it's a lifelong commitment. It's a change in lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, that really is what, when one is, is sick with a life-threatening disease, they have to commit to a lifestyle change. Yes. And it's not just one thing. And everyone's also different, so um, it's 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 a new way of living your life, especially when you're dealing with an illness like that, like cancer.
0: Yes, absolutely, I, I completely agree with you on that. And and the the beauty of all these different modalities is uh, everyone being so different that one will resonate for one individual and not for another, etc. You know, as we go down the line. So this uh, but that your what you're doing which is about dance um a dear mentor of mine uh calls it body wisdom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to remove what we think up here right so that we step out of our own way and mm-hmm. allow what our own cells begin to say to us and listen and become aware and that's why i believe what you have and what you are Gifting everyone with is an amazing and very precious gift. The thing is, it's trying to get the people to come (laughs) and feel, you know, because the ones with the very major imbalances, many of them, it's because of uh, certain things that they've put up in their own life's journey. And it's those things that have prevented them to move forward and move through, hence why the imbalances start to manifest in the body and in the physical form. So so have you been introduced to people like that, where you've got a family member going, Parashakti, can you speak to my father? Can you speak to my brother? You know, it's. I understand what you're saying about, you know, when a person's ready, they will come. But have you had those requests before where people are going, how do we do this?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's so much resistance and there's so much fear. Um, I would say in general, people um, have their comfort zone and we're asking them to put a blindfold on. That's really getting out of their comfort zone. We're asking them to dance blindfolded, forget it. So, you know, I, I deal with these resistances and fears all the time and there's even a collective fear that is on the dance floor and the next really level of dance liberation is you know when you train with me you actually learn energetically how to work with these fears and these resistances that are all energy and they they come dancing on the dance floor so the the level of training with me again is is learning how to, as a gatekeeper as a teacher how to work with those types of energies and there's, there's, there's ancient practices with feathers and rattles mm. and, instruments and drums that actually can release those energies from the dance floor. But, but going back to your question. So what I said before is that I, I encourage these fears, these limitations, these inhibitions to come and dance on the dance floor. I love working with that. You know, I, 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 I can have the converted, the yogis come and let go. I also love the ones who um, you know, will 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 be on the side and say, I can't do this. It's them that I I wanna work with.
0: Yes. Yes. The ones that are ready to let go, they're gonna let go. And I, I agree with you as the ones that are really almost almost trapped, I wanna say. That is, you know, the the gift of just Helping them find that key and opening that doorway is just so beautiful, isn't it? The light that comes out is so magnificent.
1: It's huge.
0: Now, um, what about people who have uh, certain what society would call disabilities? Uh, they could be paraplegics, etc. Like they have, you know, a physical. Form that, you know, prevents them from actually standing on two feet and moving and jumping and, you know, etc. I mean, um, what about working with people on those levels?
1: So as I said, um, and perhaps I didn't say this on, on this interview, but in general, what I do say on the dance floor when I give the, the teachings is that there's no rules or regulations for dance of liberation. So you can actually lay on the ground and just move your toe, And energy will flow through you. So the the movement itself is is the catalyst. It's the invitation to to move things through. And if there is a disability, one can work with that on the dance floor, for sure. Mm. I I danced um, in a cast when I had my my first injury. um, And I started doing my own dance therapy because I couldn't sit still like the doctors told me. I danced with a cast, and that's when actually the most amazing inner choreography came out because I was dancing with my pain, my physical pain, and my emotional pain while being in a cast. Mm. It brought forth so much wisdom and so much actually inner knowledge that I did not have before the injury. Mm-hmm. 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 In order to get initiated, um, you have to go through some, as I call it, the dark night of the soul—an injury, a breakup, um, a trauma—and what they say is experiences. Experiences, we, lo- we lose parts of our soul. We lo- we give our power away, yeah. and so self-healing modality allows you to retrieve these lost parts of yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and and when it empowers us because we are the ones who have retrieved it ourselves. It's not someone is giving it to us, as you say, and that's why your work is so powerful, is allowing that person to tap into their own inner power.
1: Exactly.
0: That's beautiful. So beautiful, Parashakti. That's wonderful. Um, Parashakti, as we come close to the top of our hour, uh, what would you like to share with our audience? Um, I, I know that for me, I would love to have you back and actually cover uh, another hour on just your soul healing practice because I do believe that in itself is very powerful. Um, but what would you like to share with our audience that we may not have covered today?
1: Well, I'll just say I'd love to come back and I'd love to actually either offer you the experience of going through a soul healing where the the audience can really receive Um, how this works, or we could bring someone who will go through the process. So we can talk more about that. And if you're viewing and you want to be um, our uh, client for the show, then get in touch with Yoga Hub.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And also, um, the best way for our audience to find you as well, would you like to Uh, Share with us the name of your website and your Twitter handle and your Facebook (laughs) so that our audience can continue to follow
1: you. Yes, absolutely. So my website is parashakti.org and I'm actually right now in L.A. and I'll be in L.A. on and off, but um, I'm going to be starting to facilitate DOLs um, starting in November in L.A., Um, I'm now doing a little bit more travels before I will probably more settle here in LA. So just for those who want one-on-one soul healing in Los Angeles, starting officially in November, I will be available for that. And, um, my, my Twitter is Shakti for you. So it's P A R A S H A K T I, the number four and the letter U and what else? My Facebook. Um, I just had to start a new account cause I had over 5,000 friends. <laughs> the best is actually to, I have a, a fan page and it's, it's, uh, it's Parashakti dance. So join my fan page. That would be awesome.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I love, I'm just learning that Facebook, you can only have 5,000 friends and then it's done. <laughs> I'm going, wait a minute. What do you do after that? <laughs> So how wonderful that you've reached that. Um, so thank you so much, Parashakti, for sharing with us your gifts and your wisdom. And did we lose your audio again, <laughs> right as we're coming to a close?
1: Can you hear me? Oh, now you've just come back again. Okay. I just want to close too and, and just take a moment and perhaps we can both close mm. our eyes. And thank you, thank you for holding such profound space for all of us to be able to come on your show and be able to express our mission and our heart's commitment to the planet's healing. Mm-hmm. And I want to honor you again, just again and again for just making this happen and for your own personal journey that I hope one day to continue and be of support to you and your, and be of service to you for. So Mm. say say like saying Jai, we say aho. Aho.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, Thank you so much for that Parashakti. It's always a pleasure. And uh, you know, my vision of sharing uh, all these modalities that will help individuals. One drop is a thousand waves and, if one person listens to this and is able to shift their lives, that is what's important to us here. And that is our goal. And because from that one person, what you do and the gifts that you have brought to us will continue to just manifest and and create peace and balance. You know, because if we find it within us, that's what is going to start to emanate around the world. So hopefully we will be able to somehow um, bring you to, and really, you're already global, I would I would say, because you are already in other countries, but, but uh, you're not in Asia yet, are you? <laughs> uh, time to take you over there and play. <laughs> what? So I would like to thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your journey with us today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us and supporting us with this new platform of education and information. We are grateful for your continuous support, and we look forward to hearing from you on how we can support you better. So again, um, we look forward to having you join us next week for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And on Tuesdays with our wonderful co-host, Dr. Glenn Woolman, at 10.30 Pacific Standard Time, 1.30 Eastern Time, as we have wonderful guests on those shows, wonderful specialists and doctors, allopathic and um, Eastern modalities as well there. So we look forward to having you join us here on yogahub.tv. Uh, every week on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and it will be expanding. So we look forward to having you back with us again. Thank you so much. And until then, namaste.